Are you sitting in your living room watching a show and suddenly there's a commercial that pops in? Well, we still have commercials on depending on where you're watching your TV or your show and you see these women having the best time whitewater rafting. And you're thinking, whoa, this is something that I definitely would love to try, but then can I do this? Am I cut out for this? I don't know how. And you totally turn on to the next channel or just resign your head and think, yeah, this wasn't for me. Well, then, my friend, today's episode is specifically for you. Hi, I'm Heike Yates, and I'm super excited that you're here with me today. Welcome back to all the current listeners and any new people that just discovered the show. We're putting this content out to all major platforms and YouTube. So if you've not been to over to YouTube at the Heike Yates channel, make sure you head on over and subscribe there as well as we're recording all the guest interviews as well. And you might as well want to meet one of the guests like Kelly today. So have you heard about the Fasted and Fit Over 50 Jumpstart? It's a brand new course. There are seven essential lessons in this non-intimidating course teaching you simple intermittent fasting strategies combined with Pilates exercises ideal for someone starting out with intermittent fasting and Pilates exercises that can be done anywhere. The program is designed for empty nester moms over 50, just like you, to reclaim their health, feel stronger and leaner. Why not jumpstart your health today? I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's jump in today's feature content with Kelly Howard and how to build confidence to do the things you want to do in life. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best, taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies, and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable, so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst their best in life so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Our special guest today is Kelly Howard, who has been connecting women to fitness, freedom, and fun by guiding them to apply consistency, mindset, and adventure to their lives for over 20 years. She's changed thousands of lives with her Fit is Freedom podcast, courses, and events, and she's a contributing author to the bestseller Number One Habits for Entrepreneurs. 
a serial entrepreneur herself. She created and sold four companies. She's the former owner of Bayou City Outdoors, the largest outdoor activity and social club of its kind. And she's the creator of the Fox TV Houston Outdoor Adventure Series. She currently calls Houston, Texas her home, but can be frequently found on rivers and trails across the globe. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, my pleasure. Right out of the gate, what is the biggest risk you ever took? Oh, like didn't expect that one, did you? Yeah, physically, emotionally. Any risk where you go, oh my God, I never thought I'd go do this. Oh, well, okay. Um, whitewater kayaking is the thing that I have consistently gone back to because I like to do things that, that make me afraid and then like jumping out of airplanes and stuff and pushing past that fear. And I've never, ever gotten truly past the fear of the kayaking. So I'm still, I still love whitewater kayaking more than anything. So what was the fear that, that holds you back to try that or is still a fear? Um, th there's a lot of skill. You need a lot of skill for it. There's um, definitely risk. Uh, when I first started learning, I really, I could dog paddle. <laughs> That's all I could do. I was a dog paddler. I was not a swimmer. I can swim better now um, after coming out of my kayak a million times. But it's just like there's just so much going on in a river that is outside of your control. And all you have is a small boat, the skill set that you have, you hope you've still got it every time you get in the boat and, and things happen, like stuff happens. So it's, it is, it is always that thing that still to this day, definitely gets my attention when I get ready to get on a bigger river. Oh, I can imagine that. I'm like, I, I like to kayak and, but whitewater rafting only like level two, maybe that's about all. I was like, oh, two is right? good for me. I can just paddle along and it's not too rough. And we're not like going woo and bending all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so know. Kelly, you were the chief love officer of true.com. What the heck is that? And what did you do? <laughs> oh, that's a funny one. So, um, I, I sold a company to true.com and part of that part of the agreement was that I would go work with them for a year and true.com was like an online dating service. And so that's what true is and true was they have, they have gone out of business since they got rid of me, but no, <laughs> but they, what I would do there is I was over, I would oversee like all the people who work there. Cause like I have a, I, I truly have this thing about the people that I serve, like that I work with that are my clients and I want them to be taken well care of. So customer service, all the um, employees, everybody that worked there was kind of underneath me. And then I also was the person who would come up with new ideas about how to take care of the people who are actually un, in the service or using the service. So you're giving love to everybody else. That's exactly. Lots, lots of love. <laughs> I, was, I read this and I was like, I definitely have to eat. ask that. I didn't know what true.com was because it sounded like the, the whole company was chief love officer of true. I was like, okay, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the end, the funny thing was, was that um, the owner and I would go like, we would go back and forth about things because 
I've always worked for myself. And now here I am working for this gentleman who had ideas that were different than mine as far as like what our clients needed. And we just like go nose to nose. And eventually he just fired me. He was like out. Because <laughs> you said about yourself that you are unmanageable. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm well, diving if you, asked, if you asked Herb, <laughs> it would be that I didn't do what he said to do. Um, you know, I guess I've just worked for myself for so long that I've, I've come to, I'm good at recognizing what would serve people well. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I, I can give you an example. This is, this is a funny kind of off-color example. But the day he fired me, the, the person that I worked with sent me a, a text. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you need to see the ad that we just sent out. And it was literally nothing but cleavage. And it said, true love, dive in. And I was like, and that's why <laughs> I don't oh, need to be there any longer. <laughs> that's, oh, that's really bad. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> well, that's true. Because I can relate to that as an entrepreneur. And I've worked for many fitness studios and clubs. So I ended up, first I worked with big, big clubs. And then I was just going, this is way too much management. And I don't, they don't do the way I think things should be done there like you do it my way and so yeah. then i and i ended up going down to smaller boutique studios but it still was like you do it my way you wear my uniform you teach my style you do my procedures which sometimes was fine but i'm like i hate wearing a uniform i hate right. wearing something that says i'm the property of so and so i just isn't that true and it's funny because like look what you're doing now like all of my clients who work with you and have met you, they love you because they love that that mix of what you bring and who you are. It's just different. Yeah. It's really different when you're that that person who touches people a different way. Yeah, and you, you can't just like, just like you and I, I read this about unmanageable. I'm like, raising my hand. I'm like that too, <laughs> because I keep headbutting with everybody. <laughs> but all your all your work and getting involved and being so active and bringing up this company to its top level, the Bayou City Outdoors, you ended up with burnout. How did that come about? Oh, well, it came about because, I mean, a lot of women who like at the time, that was 10 years ago. So I was 50 at the time. And I'm starting a, not just starting a new company, but like, you know, I've got everything invested in it. I'm working like a crazy woman. And what people don't see is that like, I'm working like um, the administration during the week and then at night and on the evening, I'm running all the events. And, and so, you know, it was like a, a lot of work. And then my mom got sick. Um, and then from there we, we bought a house and I was kind of like the general contractor for the house. And it, what happened was, what happens to all of us is you just get so many things piled on you that one day the straw breaks. And for me, the breaking straw was when I just simply couldn't get out of bed. I, and not because I didn't want to, because I was in so much pain, I, I couldn't get out of bed. I was, and, and it was ironic because it was a 
like a parent, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Because <laughs> I'm working with all these people and going like, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You've got to, you know, have consistency in fitness. You've got to have a base, blah, blah, blah. And instead, like on the weekends, I'm going out there like a wild child um, doing all the events and then not taking care of myself during the week. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, Fit as Freedom was born because it took me about five days to get over that that pain. And it took me a lot of thinking. And what I realized was when I looked around, so many of my friends were in the same boat. Like we were doing all the things for everyone else and not for ourselves. And that was, you know, it still took me a few years to transition out of that company, but I had my eye on, I want to, I had a mission and that mission is to, to help facilitate, I guess is a better word, women to get out there and do the things they want to do, feel great, be able to do the things they, they always thought about doing, or maybe mm-hmm. secretly dreamed that, you know, they could go do something, but here they are not doing anything. And it's isn't just it, a matter of movement. Isn't it amazing how we need a really impactful something to happen in our life to recognize that it's time to set boundaries. It's time to close down to reflect on what we actually what does our life look like do I visualize my life looking like running around for the rat race even though it's a great fun or do I want to do things that that are better for me and yeah. it's, it takes those pivotal moments that when, when we get when I talk to another uh, podcast guest who had a similar uh, aha moment let's call it that one where she's like you know I was on the top of my career everything's great but I wasn't great yeah Good and it's fitness. once once you see it I think in yourself then other people are like you know what Kelly I feel the same way I'm glad you finally said something right exactly it's like one of my clients said this week she says I never I don't want to be stuck anymore I'm like yeah that's that's it. We don't want to be stuck because life is flying by one way or the other. Yeah. So we might as well have it fly by with us on wing, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I want to go a little bit back in time and I want to hear about peaches because this is how <laughs> I think your fitness journey started in getting in all of these companies and doing all of these things for other people. So tell our listeners about peaches. Oh, how funny. I didn't even know Peaches was out there in the world anymore. So, <laughs> so Peaches, so, okay. Um, we moved, we moved from Colorado, Texas. And I was like, I'm young, eight years old, probably. And I'm thinking, where did my parents bring me? This is like, not somewhere I want to be. And my mother decided that she'd get me into, um, well, first she tried ballet, but that, <laughs> that didn't work so well for me. So then she did the um, balance beam and the bars, gymnastics. So I would go to the gymnastics studio, but next door to the gymnastics studio is the horse stable. So what I started doing was she would drop me off. I would immediately leave gymnastics, head over to the horse stable and just hang out with the horses. And then one day I'm playing, I'm petting Peaches, who was the speckled horse, you know, like the dream horse. I'm petting her and somebody says to me, Peaches is for sale. And I'm like, what? No. And so I go home and, and I ended up figuring out how to get Peaches. What it ended up being was I took care of all the horses at the stable. I cleaned all the stalls. I fed all the horses. Like this was my job. 
But in to do that, I got free room and board for peaches. And that is right. And it probably is where everything started for me because unfortunately I learned about hard work. <laughs> it's taken me a while <laughs> to get past that. <laughs> but I also learned that like, you know, if you think about it and if you think outside the box, you can get what you want because, mm -hmm. you know, at home it was like, we can't afford to have a horse. And Where are you like, going to put a horse? I'm like, well, we right? We what are you going to do with this horse? We can't afford it. And I'm like, got that handled. I'm going to be feeding all the horses, and I get free room and board for. Her. So that's where, yeah, that's where Peaches came from, and she was she was my best friend for a very long time. So you learned to horseback ride, or you knew already how to horseback ride? No, I didn't know how. <laughs> I was like a little Indian. <laughs> I'm shocked. Like my mother, I don't know what she was thinking. I had this horse. I had no tack or anything. So I'm just riding her around with no saddle, using a halter for a bridle. I learned it all. <laughs> True. But I, I think because that paints also a picture of who you are as the person, you know, the, the, I, I want, want to follow my dreams, which also ties in with the tiger with the wings that connected to you that keeps coming back in your dreams. So that's all the, the history about you. You know, how did you start fitness? And you did all this other stuff before or, or afterwards, but there's peaches and then there's the tiger with the wings. And I know the listeners are like, what are they smoking over there? <laughs> well, I, I did my research on Kelly. That's why peaches you really came. did. <laughs> you really did. That's funny. So the tiger with the wing ties in with peaches because you realize this dream, your dream with peaches. But tell the listeners what the tiger with the wings means and sure. connects with you. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so I haven't had this dream in a while, but for quite a few times over the years, I've had this dream of um, a, a black and blue tiger. She has big wings and I've always wanted to be a runner. And running is that thing that has always eluded me because I'll, I'll get to a certain point and then like everything gets gimped up. And so she, she and I run through the woods, like we just run through the woods like the wind. And it was, and it still is, that piece of me that is, I think the freedom and the desire to, you know, move freely and enjoy life and just like, just, dream big and that's that's where and she she came back to me in dreams many many times many times yeah i read that and it's it's it was a very significant portion of your journey from from how i felt about it and yeah. that set the path with peaches and i don't know when the dream came before peaches or after peaches or after peaches yeah after peaches and at the realization that is that we can do anything that we dream of, which which brings you back to your fit is freedom. And you, you, you don't know that about me, but one of the most important attributes in my life is freedom. Is it? Freedom. Yeah. If I don't have freedom, I feel like an caged animal. I feel uh, tied down. I feel anxious. I need a lot of freedom. And when I said fit for freedom, I said, I should have thought of that for my brand, but she had it first. So, but freedom is something that's really, really important to me. You know, having children tied me down. And also in my bio, I, I said, you know, my freedom to do what I wanted to do became a mother adventure. 
to look at it from a different perspective instead of saying, oh my God, I'm sitting here being all tied down. I wanna have those wings and fly. And I think when I saw the tiger with the wings, that sort of came back in my mind again, that yes. I said, oh yeah, Kelly is just like me. <laughs> well, you know, isn't it so true that freedom is such a, it's such a value that says so much and, and actually like filters down through everything in life, whether it's yeah. your work or your kids or your fitness or anything, right? It all, yeah. you can't have freedom without like taking care of those things that really matter to you. Absolutely. Now in 2005, you took over the Bayou City Outdoors. What the heck were you thinking? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it was really funny because like the gentleman who had it, it was a cool thing. And I was always helping him. Like I'm, I've got other companies, but I'm always trying to help promote his company because I'm just thinking he's just not pushing this company and it's so cool. And then he just, he actually met his wife through one of my businesses and he called me and he said, I just want to let you know that, or actually we met for coffee. He said, I just want you to know that I'm going to go ahead and shut down Bayou City Outdoors because I don't have time. And without even thinking, I said, I'll buy it. And he looks at me. He's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I hope I can afford it. <laughs> It just came out because I've always thought that, so what Bayou City Outdoors was, or still is, is an outdoor activity club in Houston, Texas, which is kind of an oxymoron, um, but we would do all kinds of things and, and just, and social stuff too. So it provided such a huge out, outlet for so many people. Like in the end, I think at the at the highest number of uh, members at one time, I had about a thousand members in it. And if you think about that, that's a thousand members that could either be um, an individual member or maybe somebody with a family who they're discovering things they've never done. They're going on bike rides to farmers markets and they're going like they're going kayaking. That's how I learned to whitewater kayak. I, they're doing all these things they would never have done if um, it hadn't been for trying something like that. So that's, yeah. I'm still passionate about BCO as we call it, yeah. Because, I mean, it ties in so well with what you do now with your retreats, with the way you talk to your audience and your clients about the fittest freedom, but also um, away from the gym, away from, from what we believe to be the norm. And I just recently spoke with somebody that we both know who went paddleboarding, stand up paddleboarding. You know who it is, right? No, who is it? Pam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Paddleboarding and kayaking. And I said, Have you ever heard about any fitness guru, just to take an overarching umbrella, who says, You know what? you're going to lose a ton of weight and you're going to get in such great shape if you paddleboard. Unless, of course, you're a <laughs> sub teacher and you do this for a living. But nobody said, this is great. This is fun. This is, this is getting you in shape differently than what you thought you should do. And that's what I think you are all about. You know, it is so true. And, and the word should, like the word should, since evil shivers down my spine because we were taught like if you think about it like 
women our age, we were taught that the only way you're going to get a shape is to diet, to do cardio three times a week and to go to the gym three times a week. That's it. If you don't do that, you're just out the door and yeah, just, just throw it in. But the truth is, is that like, and I like the gym. I do. Like I've, I've loved the gym my entire life, but I also know that it's not for everybody. And you, what you should be doing to use that word again, is things that make you happy, right? Like if you're excited about going out and doing something, you're going to go do it. Pam's yep. going to go, you know, kayaking and she's going to go stand up paddleboarding because she loves it. It's so much fun, right? Yep. But the gym, eh, you know, that may or may not be the gig. So yeah. if you're doing the things that you love to do, so much easier to do them. Yeah. Now tell me, why is the brain your big, our biggest fitness asset? Oh, <laughs> because if the brain isn't on board, we're not going to get anything done. It is like, if you think about it, like this morning, so I have, um, I've been doing where I don't start consuming calories until 930 in the morning. So in the morning, I'll have a cup of coffee, but it's like, you know, it's got kind of a flavor to it. It's not um, just black, but it has no calories in it. So I wake up this morning and I get this thought, well, Kelly, you know, maybe, maybe you could have a little creamer in your coffee, right? That is my brain messing with me. <laughs> I mean, that is nothing more than the brain messing with me. And I'm like, and I, and I paused, right? I thought, oh, that sounds delicious. And I went, no, this is not the game. And, and so when your brain is on board, like whether you're going to go to the gym or whether you're going to go to the paddleboarding studio or whether you're going to go to Pilates or whether you're going to not drink calories in your coffee, like it doesn't matter. But what matters is that when your brain is working against you, it just makes it so much harder. And, and willpower's like, I always say to people, you know, if willpower was real, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yep. Um, I don't have enough willpower. How can I get more willpower? I need more motivation. I need more willpower. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> what you really need is to get your brain on board. <laughs> I, I know. And the, the brain is a sneaky little thing. It's like the example with the creamer is great because it's just like, mm, it would taste so much better. Oh, you know? you know, I can taste it in my mouth. I'm salivating. I'm like, stop that. <laughs> yeah. Or which brings us to my next question is, you know, if your brain is on board, how do you, will that help you then stay consistent in your fitness? Will that help you stay consistent? And how do you get your brain to want to do that? Okay. Oh, that's a lot of stuff. So let's see. Let's start with um, one way to get your brain to want to do that is to give it a plan. I am a big, I, I'm a planner by trade in my life. And I found that when I work with people, if I can convince them that having a plan for the week, not for a month, just for a week of what they want to do, right? Pilates three times a week, you know, whatever it is, they've got have that plan. Then the first thing that happens is that, you know, you've given your brain a little bit of a direction, right? It's kind of like, oh, okay, I, I can play with that one. Um, and then the next piece of it, and I'm completely having a moment here when you asked me something I wanted to follow up with, but let's just, I'll just talk for a second. It'll come back. Um, so you start with the plan because that's going to give your brain something to do. Okay. Then 
the next piece of that whole brain body logic piece is habit right like you get to a point where if you are doing your planning like for me a plan is what i do sunday done you know i, I it's like I get up, I go for a walk. It's just like certain things are set in stone. I actually get up, I brush my teeth because it's a habit, right? So once you get your brain on board for a certain period of time, I mean, that period of time, nobody's ever really decided what that true true period of time is. It's probably about three months, six, two months, three months. Then you've created that habit, which then allows you to quit thinking about it and instead start you know, just acting almost reacting to what you're used to doing. So that's the first step to me is just like finding ways to make your brain happy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So then it goes in well what we said before is that we're thinking of activities that we actually like doing. If you love to go to the gym, I used to go to the gym all the time and I'm like, I got my own studio, so I don't need to go there anymore, but I still lift weights for our ages. We need resistance training, get it one way or another. But if you load up somebody's schedule for the week and they're like, I don't like to stretch. I don't like to do weights. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I could try it. So what you're saying is, or what I'm hearing you say is, Pick, let's say, the, the week and th- plan things that that person or that you would like to do. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, so that's true. Because what you what you want to do is is if you, I mean, there's a few things in there. Like maybe maybe weights aren't my favorite thing to do, but but they're not. <laughs> um, you know, they were <laughs> actually they were and not my favorite, but they were right up there until I quit the gym when the or when the gym first shut down in the pandemic. Then it took me a while to get back into the swing of it. So um, so two things to that. One of them is that you either have to have something that you're really excited about. Um, usually it's a little bit of a mix, but you also need to be really willing to see what that outcome is that's going to make it worth it so like a for instance is that i'm big on mobility right i'm not big on necessarily stretching like i think pilates provides mobility to people a lot of people do not um they they may try and like touch their toes or something but that's their stretching thing and i always say no you know if you're not going to do pilates try some different mobility movements because it may not be our favorite thing to do but it's going to allow us to do all the other things that we want to do. So, so that's like taking your brain and messing with it because you've said, okay, this may not be something you love to do, but, but by doing it, you're going to be able to do all the other things that you want to do. So, so let's get this in the mix because when we start realizing when we, when we teach ourselves that yes, this thing that we may or may not want to do is going to allow us to do all the other things, it's going to give us the freedom, then we're able to focus on that and not be like, bad again, mobility again, oh my gosh, Kelly, leave me alone. It's more like, yep, because if I don't do that, I'm not going to be able to kayak. I'm not going to be able to paddle. Um, I'm not going to be able to do whatever it is that you love to do. So, So there's a little bit of give and take on that because definitely You've got to pick things in that in that series of your week that you love to do. And then you also have to have 
have the things that are probably really good for you to do, <laughs> like the mobility and the strength. <laughs> you know what I found is that we're no, long, no longer uh, spring chickens is mobility and flexibility. The, these things are so important for injury prevention as well. Oh, you know, absolutely. As we, as we get stiffer and when I'm just thinking, you know, getting in a kayak, it's not easy. It's not like, oh, I'm opening a door and I sit down on a little thingy and I close the door. No, no, you have to stand there. You have to have balance. You have to get your butt ski in the seat and then you got to get your legs underneath it and kind of hold on to that paddle and you got to paddle in the right direction. Otherwise you're going backwards as I found out. <laughs> or in a circle. But it's, I think these are important things to also remember. As we get older, our muscles get shorter, we get less flexible, we have a less elastin in, in our body or in muscle bellies. And now we're looking at lack of flexibility and it means we are less able to do the things that we were able to do than we, when we were 30. That's right. when it usually starts when the, the muscle belly starts to change and the length of it to change and to shorten. And so that's, I think, also an incentive, wouldn't you say? Oh, to me, it's a, a major incentive. Like, I, I, for instance, I just, I, I was riding a mini bike and I had a little bit of a wreck and I broke my arm. So, so I've got my arm in a cast, no longer, but I had my arm in the cast. Cast came off pretty quick. I think I was out of the cast in six weeks. But in that six week period, the difference in my arms, the difference in my muscles, um, the difference in the flexibility was shocking, shocking. And what that shows is that when we become static, stationary, um, we quit the stretching, we quit the strength building, we quit the movement, we quit all the things that matter. We just kind of like, we, we shrink in. And that shrinking in is, that shrinking in is really the aging. Like to me, the aging is not the wrinkles. The aging is not the, oh, I think I need to do my flexibility twice this morning. Um, the aging is when you start shrinking in because you just quit trying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're a big advocate of consistency and you're, you're all about staying consistent. So you said we're laying out a plan. Your brain's like, okay, this is what's going to happen for the next, whatever, three months, two, three months. And then you lay out the plan and people do these things. Let's say most of the time we're all are, you know, sometimes life gets in the way, life or the job life gets happens. in the way. Mm -hmm. It happens. But what if somebody keeps missing their workouts? What would you say to them? What don't you like? That's, that's, that's where I always go back to. I'm like, okay, what is it that you don't like? Because if you liked it, and I, there's actually two pieces, what don't you like? And is your why for you? Like, I'm a big proponent of knowing what your whys are, right? Like mm -hmm. your why about freedom. Um, my why about one of my whys is that I want to be able to do all the things I love to do until I just don't wake up one day. You know, I mean, that's a, having that like mm -hmm. makes me really, truly the word is makes me do the things I need to do. And, and if, if you're not doing what you say you're going to do, then it means either your why isn't really your why. Like maybe it's somebody else's why. People come to me a lot first because they'd like to lose weight. And I'll be like, okay, you know, great. We can do that, but it's not gonna be the focus. 
it will happen because of everything else you do. But if your only only why is to lose weight, yeah, it's just not exciting, right? You got to have whys that are exciting. Like whys mm -hmm. could be even grandkids. They could be, you know, things to do. But you've got to know if your why is aligned with what you say you want. And then if you still don't do those things, then either you don't like what you're doing or something, something in your life doesn't matter enough. And maybe it's the person themselves, don't you think? In what way? In that they don't think they're worth it, that they don't deserve it, but they don't know that feeling that they're like, oh, I just want to do this because I want to lose 20 pounds. And this is where I should be on the BMI chart and blah, blah, blah. And, but then they go out and they're not doing the workouts just to play out a scenario. And they are, they have all these excuses. Why not? I was busy. Work was there. My child was there. I forgot it was that workout day. Um, and then you, you talk about the why. And when you talk about the why, that the underlying feeling is that they are just not deserving of becoming that new person, becoming that new them, because they have to lay out a lot of uh, truths and vulnerabilities of why did I gain this weight? Well, you know, life, uh, my husband, whatever else it is, but they don't put themselves first in their why and not taking themselves out of the equation and saying, okay, wait a minute, what do I really want? What, 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 why am I not worth the workout? Why am I not worth feeling better? Why am I not worth being more flexible? I think that's, what do you think? I, I think that you're right. I mean, I see that a lot of times what I see when that comes up is that as women, um, we are, we have, as women our age, we've been tended to teach or taught that we need to take care of everyone else. And when you put yourself first, then it feels selfish, right? It feels like unfair to everyone else in your life. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like maybe, like you said, we don't deserve that. But what if, what if you turn that around and said, you know what, if I don't put myself, I mean, I don't have to be like, oh my gosh, it's all me, but I have to make my fitness and my health paramount to everything else. Because if I don't, then I'm not gonna be able to help my family. I'm not gonna be able to take care of anyone else. I'm gonna be a burden. And so what happens if instead you go, okay, I'm not going to be a burden. I'm no longer going to be stuck. I'm going to, I'm going to give myself the gift and give my family the gift of health, freedom, feeling great. Absolutely. So what are the four um, fitness myths that are out there? Or how can we overcome four of your fitness myths that you fitness do? Fitness myths. Okay, let me let me make a note so I can just start mything out here. Um, one myth is that I have no time. Boom! That's the big one. I just, just <laughs> I don't have time. Oh my God! When, when should I? I don't have time. I don't have time, and it kind of ties into what we just talked about, right? I don't mm -hmm. have time because either I'm too busy working, I'm too busy taking care of everyone else, 
um, there's, there's always excuses, right? And I always think that the truth is, is that we don't have time not to, because we're going to be out of time if we don't find the time. So that is a big one. And, and we could like, you and I both know this one, we could dive into this for two hours. So I'll just say that if one person out there in your world that you know, has found the time to take care of themselves and to put their health first, then you already have someone to look to that shows you that you can find the time. And time is like, this. you can do this thing. We have something in my group called minimum daily movement, the MDM. Minimum daily movement is like, let me make sure I'm right, 12 minutes of um, doing what we call nitros and spread out throughout the day and then some sort of walk 20 30 minutes anyone can do that we can find it put down your cell phone get off of facebook and you're going to go find that 25 minutes or 30 minutes day you need done so no time um another one is i'll do this next week i'll start after the wedding i'll start after my kids go back to school i'll start insert excuse me just insert the excuse um it won't happen like next week doesn't happen and so i am so much more of a proponent to starting imperfectly bad bad workout plan i don't care what it is walk out the door and go do something like if you wait to start you won't start and that is it is what i call the myth of next week um, another one is the the myth of it costs too much, right? I expensive. Mean, I can't do that. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> I can't do that. Tell you what, you can do nitros and a walk totally free, nothing. You can go out there. One thing we learned during the pandemic is that there are way, I mean, look at you. You have a brilliant online course that someone can follow for free just to try and do some new things, right? Like there's just, it is not expensive. Like there's a playground right up the street where I am. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know what I did a, I did a whole um, series for um, the list TV on how to use the outdoors as your exercise. It's, it's so easy, right? It's just go out there and do some things because it's not, it really isn't about money. It can be like mm -hmm. you can hire someone like one of us you can hire a personal trainer i mean even gyms like there's a gym down the street from me it's not beautiful but it's so inexpensive like i don't know it's so inexpensive it's like i might as well give them some extra money um but it's not you can't use that as an excuse anymore and then i guess the one of the last ones is that hmm, it, actually let me tie this into no money it's the, um, I can't, I can't eat. It's too expensive to eat well. That, and this uh -huh. is right. Like, I don't uh -huh. really, I don't talk about food a lot. I mean, I do talk about it some with my group, but I do hear this. It's too expensive to eat well. Oh, Kelly, you're crazy. Like organic food is too much money. Ah, <sighs> here's my, here's my take on that one is if we're taking care of ourselves, um, our healthcare isn't going to be as expensive. <laughs> no, <All> right. <laughs> you can get great organic food at the, what they call the CVS or the, the collective 
Farmers. Oh yeah, it's um um. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of what it's called either, but they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And, and there's even now they're selling produce that is not like sh uh, shaped evenly, and so they're not selling it. And you can get this for almost nothing. Exactly. In in your area it's like okay so you have a misshaped tomato it's still a good tomato it just doesn't fit the, the grocery st store look so you can get fresh food and you know and i agree with that there's um and i just an episode on clean eating and clean eating emphasizes organic grass-fed no additives nothing 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 it's expensive. Meat is in general expensive. And if you don't eat organic and grass-fed every day, maybe do it every now and again to save money, but maybe you go more plant-based, get your protein yep. in. Yep. It's true. I mean, nobody in my group wants to hear me talk because I am plant-based, have been for a million years. And they'd be like, oh no, she's going to talk about no meat. But meat is expensive. Meat and is expensive, yeah. there, is, there are other ways to, to eat well. Yeah. I mean, you know this one. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then another myth, another one of our myths is um, let me just let me just think of the the final, the final creme de la creme myth is that, oh, it's it's not believing in the cascading effect of good. And because the cascading effect of good, if you think about it, is that people will segregate um, their health. They, their food is here, their movements there, their sleep's up here, um, their emotional well-being's over there. Like it's all spread out. And if you look at it, it's actually a cascading effect of good because if you eat better, you naturally want to move more. If you naturally move more, you're going to sleep better. When you sleep better, you're naturally going to eat better. Like it's just this, it's this circle. And a lot of times people don't see that circle. They see it all spread out as something that's like piecemeal. Now, mm -hmm. that said, when I work with people, I do piecemeal it out. We start with one, one pillar. Like maybe we focus on, um, maybe we focus on movement first, and then the next pillar might be mobility, and the next pillar might be sleep. But because it's hard to put it all together at once, but then once you start getting that that rotation going then good leads to good. Yeah. And it's we're in living in such a diet and quick weight loss, quick, oh fast oh gosh. time that unless you, you're you seeing results like tomorrow or when I read something, lose <laughs> right. seven pounds in seven days. Well, yeah, I can't do that if I don't eat and drink water or drink what I call slimy drinks. Right. Um and okay, I can do that too. And then maybe if you, you know, if you say, oh, I may not go into a wedding and I want to lose a couple of pounds, I can justify that. But that is a lifestyle. You know, mm -hmm. it's when people come to Pilates, I tell them, and I had this conversation today, it's so slow. It's almost not noticeable. There is a change. There is not suddenly you got bam biceps or your butt's perky or your abs are like really rock hard or whatever it is it sneaks up on you and it's time consistency, time spent doing the exercise, being aware, like what you just said right. too, we are creating habits that Pilates is not only done in the studio, Pilates is all done in everyday life. Like we're sitting here in this interview and we're sitting in our Pilates body. 
And when you think about that, that um, over time it sneaks up on you. And this person said to you, you know, when I started with you, just how long ago, now, six months ago, I couldn't do that. It was something very simple for the most people. It was nothing dramatic that you see on Instagram, like upside down Pilates oh, right. or what yeah. anyone else, nothing, nothing super fancy, but it was alignment. It was feeling better. It was better breathing. It was better posture. And so we're living in this diet and quick fix vacuum that we, you and I and others around us fighting against and say, listen, it takes time to learn a new habit. It takes time to be consistent and it takes time to see results that are sustainable and that you yes. have fun, like you said, that you have yes. fun doing. It, it is, I, I, when I talk to people who are new, I ask them if they're willing to play the long game because if they aren't willing to play the long game, they're with the wrong person. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, it's, it is so, what you're saying is so true because this is, it's not overnight because we're, and we're such an instantaneous society, right? I mean, we've learned that, you know, the phone beeps, we look at it, um, 30 pounds in 30 days, you just all of it. And I'm just like, oh, give me a break. Like that exhausts me because yeah. it's not real. It's not going to yeah. last, never does. Um, but what does last is playing the long game. Like you said, in fact, when you were talking, I was thinking about a friend of mine who to this day, insists that she's not an athlete like she's like you're the athlete i'm just the kind of you know i she describes herself as kind of the roly-poly girly girl and and i see a picture of her on facebook recently and she's standing she goes to a pilates studio in, in my neighborhood or in my area and they have this thing like after you've gone i think 250 times you sign the wall or something and she's signing the wall and she's standing there and i'm like don't you ever call yourself a roly-poly again. I am looking at a goddess. I mean, look at how different you look. And she's like, okay, can you see anything? I'm like, I can see everything. And it's beautiful and it's brilliant because she was willing to do like the long game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you tell to the listeners that are listening to this episode, how they might be able to start the long game. What are the one, like one or two steps to start with that they can go for the long game? Okay. And like the first step, no one likes this one. Start small. Okay. Start really small. It's like I mentioned earlier, like when we do our things, I don't have everybody start with, you know, eating differently and going, gaining muscle and, you know, sleeping better all at the same time. Just start small. Come up with something that, you want to do like something that is a look forward for you like what would be super exciting what would be super cool what would if you could do it would you be like feeling pretty cocky whether it's getting a stand-up paddleboard and standing up on it or maybe going for a hike right or maybe you know increasing their level in the pilates gym like you know what is that what's that thing that would excite you and then when you make a plan keep it small, like start out with a simple plan. And that simple plan should probably include something along some mobility, some movement, what we used to call cardio, but now I just call get out there and sweat. It's just easy to do right now in Houston and some sort of um, strength and strength can be 
come in all different packages, right? Strength can be from the gym. Strength can be some body weight stuff. Strength can be Pilates. Like there's a lot of different ways, but just put a little mix together. When I say a little mix, I mean, I'd like to see five days, right? Five days a week. Um, be aware that what's coming up on your schedule, because like as we said very early on, life happens. Um, since I'm sure my sister won't listen to this, I will say this, like when my sister comes into town, I call it Hurricane Patty and I don't do anything. Like everything is off the table because I'm going to focus with my sis, 100%. So know these things. We know these things about ourselves. So look at your schedule. If you're going to have, you know, your sister come in town for four days, then don't schedule your workout those four days. Um, and then at that point, the last probably most important piece is that if you don't complete what you said you were going to do, what happens? Nothing. It's a big so what? Start again just restart and you restart and you restart and you restart until one day you realize that you're no longer restarting. You're just consistent as all get out because we have a tendency to um, think that if, if we don't do what we said we were going to do, then it's another fail and none of the programs in the past have worked and this one's not working now. And so I'm just not designed for this. Baloney. Just start over again. Give yourself grace. Do it with imperfect action and just do it. So there. <laughs> I love what you said. I love the, the last bit you said about the, because that's so ingrained in, uh, in that diet culture we live in and exercise, yeah. over-exercising culture. Is, it's like, no, you're not a failure. It's yeah. just, you just, you know, you go back to where you were, big deal, but you learn something along the way. And every we don't give time, you don't give ourselves credits for that. Yes. Every yeah. time we learn something and then it just, it, one day you just realize you are it. Yeah. 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 And I can add something to that is it may not look like that picture that you saw on Instagram, you're like, I'm going to look like this one. Oh gosh. I don't even look at, I mean, okay. I'm, I they're think all, this is probably, a, you know, several terrible thing, heretic thing to say these days. I don't look at Instagram. It would just make me feel like hell. So, so why bother? Don't, I'll, except yeah. for our accounts, because except we for our, find accounts. our accounts are great. <laughs> where, where you can connect with Kelly. Tell us, where can our <laughs> listeners connect with you? You know, the easiest place is my website, which is simply fitisfreedom.com. From there, you can find me everywhere, but the website is just fitisfreedom.com. Great. So I have to tell you, Kelly is on Instagram and she is all <laughs> over social media. So what I want you to do, guys, is you listen to this interview and I know your brains are going like, oh, what is it the first step I'm going to do? Oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Oh, maybe I have a question or yeah, I'm motivated. We want to hear from you. We're not recording these amazing episodes. So you listen and you don't take action. We want you to take action. We're here to inspire you, to help you every step of the way. And, but we need to hear from you. When you're listening to the episode, reach out on whatever so social media channel you're chilling out the most. We're probably there. I recently started TikTok. So I'm now also on TikTok. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I'm not sure if Kelly is there, but I reach got. out to 
reach out to us. I'm definitely on Instagram and on Facebook. But we want to hear once the episode goes live, Kelly and I will be all over social media spreading the word. Ask us stuff. Give us comments. If you have something that's more personal to share, DM us. Send us an email. And I know that you can contact Kelly right through the uh, front of her uh, website. I was going to say, yes, I'm so old fashioned, but I have a contact me form on the website. And people send me questions all the time, right? And And I answer those questions. If someone emails me, I answer that question. Absolutely. And sometimes it's something that you want to share with somebody, but not on social. So do reach out to us because we want to hear from you. We want to help you to to be fit and have a lot of freedom in your fitness. So with that, my friends, thank you, Kelly, for being here. This was so fun to connect with you again. Thank you. Thanks for sharing all the wisdom. And with that, my friends, we're out of here. We'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.